walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. It's the hardest. Walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. Yeah, get your boots ready. We're about to go on a trip where we wrestle nobody settling or calling it quits. You're here for the grit, betcha this stuff is amazing. You're stumbling, welcome to the bump in the apron. Step into it, the hardest part of the ring. Here to bring fun, yeah, in this art he is king. It's the best thing, making sure you don't tap out. Don't go soft with the hardest part cast out. And it's not just another one, it's clear. Off the rest, in this content, none can test. Take the nonsense off the steps. You know it's nothing but Pure gems when it's coming off the chest. Get it? Now it's time to sit and relax. Get your mind blown away. Ain't no skipping this track. Have you paid more attention? No listening gap. Get everything I ever wanted. No giving it back. Yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, the hardest part of the ring. Welcome to the Apron Bump Podcast. And uh, wow, we made it to 2003 of ring of honor and uh i've probably said it i probably say it every ring of honor review that i do but i think i think i think we're gonna start cooking at this point 2002 was a weird one this is obviously it's the first year of ring of honor they're kind of figuring out what works what doesn't work you got new faces coming in as the year moves on like we started out with low-key Christopher Daniels and Brian Danielson at the top vying for that world title, that number one spot. And then all of a sudden you got Samoa Joe coming in. You got CM Punk coming in. Paul London becoming a huge star. Homicide breaking out of his tag team. Steve Carino. There's a ton of talent just in the first year of Ring of Honor. And I feel like 2003 this is really just a guess because I haven't really seen much of 2003. I feel like 2003 is when everything kind of gets put together. And that's kind of the impression that I've gotten uh, from my previous guests, which, by the way, once again, just want to give a shout out to uh, Monster Mac and H.C. Loke, my uh, my two previous guests for these Ring of Honor reviews that I do. And uh, it was really, really fun talking to both those guys on two different episodes. Go check that out in the archives if you have not caught those yet. You can do that easily by going to apronbump.com, going to the Episodes tab at the top, and selecting ROH. And that will bring you to all of the Ring of Honor reviews that I've done thus far, starting from the beginning, starting from the very first show. All the Every show I have covered through 2002 and now we are in 2003 but i mentioned that because i was kind of thinking of you know similar to what i did with wwf for 2001 right i covered every show from 2001 that wwf put on and i did like a little tier list retrospective episode for wwf in 2001 i was thinking of doing something similar from Ring of Honor, and maybe I still will, but I feel like the last two episodes that I did with Monster Mac and H.C. Loke were uh, better than any retrospective <laughs> that I could do uh, on my own because they they gave such great insight to the, the building blocks of Ring of Honor, uh, their time there personally, and just the, the general, uh, the upswell 
of momentum that Ring of Honor was already getting in its first year and how they kind of progressed forward. So uh, go check out those episodes. Like I said, ROH Final Battle 2002 and ROH Night of the Butcher 2002. But we're here now in 2003. Like I said, Revenge of the Prophecy, the very first show of 2003 for Ring of Honor. And uh, boy, it's a wacky one. I mean, we got the Prophecy versus Steve Carino's new faction that he's building. We got a few new pieces of the puzzle figured out in that kind of faction warfare at this event. We also got AJ Styles and Loki facing off against Christopher Daniels and Xavier, the ROH world champion uh, in the main event. So this kind of ties the loop. At least I think it does. I'm assuming that's kind of how it felt. It kind of closes the book on the rivalry between Xavier and uh, his two previous challengers for his title in Loki and AJ Styles. We have an amazing four-way scramble match kind of just thrown in the middle of this card, but might have been my match of the night. Uh, we learn what butt mufflers are. Uh, Conan is here. We got the top five ranking system put into place. Samoa Joe versus Brian Danielson. Why are you not hitting fast forward on this? This is a banger of a show. Lots going on. Uh, don't, don't before before don't hit fast forward don't hit the plus 15 or whatever before you do that gotta show love to my guest on this episode matt from the shining wizards podcast returning to the show you heard him on a uh, previous ecw episode that i did return of the funker in 1995 and i uh, had a lot of fun with him on that episode so i brought him on again to talk some ring of honor and once again just a silly Silly time with Matt, but hilarious and uh, got to talk a lot of good wrestling. So really good episode coming at you. But also go check out Matt and the rest of the Shining Wizards crew. Uh, you can catch their show live every Monday at 7 Eastern uh, live on Twitch, on Facebook, on YouTube. Join the live chat. They read the comments and all that. And really, really fun show that those guys do. They talk about... um of course, like the major highlights with like WWE, AEW and all that stuff. But they also get into some lesser talked about stuff like New Japan, uh, MLW, NWA, uh, modern day Ring of Honor. And uh, they're just really in tune with the independent scene, which I think is really cool. And they have a lot of good, uh, a lot of cool guests, a lot of cool interviews as well. And just other discussions related to wrestling. So really a, a variety over there at the Shining Wizards. And uh, as you'll see from this episode, if you like my humor or lack thereof, you'll enjoy Matt's as well. So go check that out. Catch the show live or on demand on YouTube and, of course, wherever you listen to podcasts. But, uh, yeah, the fact that they're so in tune with, like, the independent scene and kind of the the under the radar promotions was pretty much why I brought Matt on here to talk about some old school Ring of Honor. It was a perfect fit. And uh, made him watch a lot of Special K, which it was fun to watch him crumble. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, more on that in the episode. Let's get right into it. Ring of Honor, Revenge of the Prophecy 2003 with myself and Matt from the Shining Wizards Wrestling Podcast. There's worse things, I suppose. 
It could always be worse. Yeah, it really could be. Could be like a uh, a special K match. <laughs> you didn't like you don't like special K. The exception of Jay Lethal, no. Dude, it blew my mind when I saw Jay Lethal out there because he wasn't with them originally. It took a few shows for him to kind of get introduced. But what a start, huh? What a start for Jay Lethal. I have a fun Jay Lethal story. Please kick kick it off with one of those. Uh, so I'm from the Northeast. I'm from Jersey, as is Jay Lethal. And mm-hmm. uh, it was in the height of Tough Enough when Jersey All Pro Wrestling decided to run uh, their Tough Enough competition. Mm-hmm. And me and uh, another one of the Shining Wizards went down there and competed in the competition. Obviously, we did not win, but Jay Lethal was the winner. Of really? Tough Enough. Yeah, so he was like 16, 17 years old when he won. So Tough Enough, is that like a... So so, what is that exactly? So, do you are you familiar with the WWE's Tough Enough vehicle? Right, yeah, that's what I, I thought you were talking about. But is this something different? You know, if the same concept, it was just done by a independent wrestling promotion here in Jersey. Oh, okay. In, in, in my head, I'm picturing like the original NXT, where you're like carrying around kegs, running around a ring. Is it all? Is no, it all? It was, <laughs> it, was, it was nothing like that. Get out of here now. That's a shame. Oh man, cat making a cameo. Always, always. If you don't see the cat's butthole, then it's not a it's not a real episode. It's not a successful one, that's for sure. So yeah, he uh, at Jersey All Pros where like Moff and Mac and right. uh, Loki and all those guys came from. So yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty funny. And then we had him on the podcast in our infancy, and uh, he was like, "Oh, my father was there, and he videotaped the whole thing." Really? So I was like, "Man, we got to get. I got to see thinner Matt." Trying to pretend to be a professional wrestler for five hours. <laughs> that didn't go well? I mean, I guess it went as well as it could be. I didn't embarrass myself. Uh, right. You know, you wake up with the black and blues the next day because you don't know how to run the ropes Ooh, uh, yeah. on your back. But, yeah, I mean, whatever. It was fun. I tried. So that's I all you I can have do. that. Taking some bumps. It was like the first bumps you ever Took. Yes, in a real like I did backyard wrestling, so I oh. thought I knew what was going on, but I had no fun. No, yeah, I trained for a few months, and that that first bump is uh, quite the. Uh, you think it's gonna be a trampoline, but it is uh, is not. It's just a yeah. hard floor. Yeah, to, uh, the other wizard that I do the podcast with, Tony, actually trained for a while, but uh, he trained in a boxing ring. Hmm. That was what that was the ring they had to train right. on. So I guess you. That's even worse. Yeah, I would imagine. There's, there's very little give. And I guess when he bumped in a regular ring, it was like heaven. Right. <laughs> That's the key. You start off on concrete and then you work your way down. I guess. I don't yeah. know, man. <laughs> yeah, it really makes you appreciate like watching like a bunch of the guys on this show. The all the crazy ass bumps they're taking. Some on basketball floors, which is whatever tickles your pickle, I guess. But yeah. Yeah, I guess if you're if you got to go, you got to go, right? Right, exactly. Um, so, did you follow this? Are you like familiar with this era of Ring of Honor? No. So I was. I mean, I know of it, but I was out of wrestling at this point. I had stopped watching wrestling in about right when WCW was bought by WWF. I think. Yeah, I feel like that's a common kind of trend amongst fans. Well, also, I was you. I was old. You know, I was older, mm-hmm. and I was like, I would rather, you know try and get laid than spend a couple hours watching <laughs> nerd uh wrestling yeah full circle huh <laughs> hey i mean you yeah for real <laughs> it all comes back around 
I mean, you could go, you could turn on WWE and watch lesbians and uh, Vince McMahon raping Stacey Keebler. So that, that, that can get your rocks off, too. It's not as fun as going out, just being disappointed. Because, <laughs> like, in this time period, so I watched, just was random, but I watched an episode of SmackDown from 2002 last night. I don't know if you're, it's a, kind of an obscure scene, but it's when, like, Stacey Keebler was Vince McMahon's, like, assistant. And she's like sitting backstage on his casting couch and he has his arm around her and he's like, oh, let me get a taste of that belly button <laughs> something like, I'm paraphrasing kind of, but not really. And it's uh, that's where we're at here. And well, I guess we're in 2003 now, but it's not that much different. It's belly button. Does Vince McMahon, has Vince McMahon never stuck his own finger in his belly button and smelled it? It's disgusting. What do you think Vince McMahon's belly button? Do you think Vince McMahon has an Audi or an innie? I feel like we should know this because we've definitely seen him shirtless. I'm, I'm too busy looking at his fucking turgid pecs and his veiny shoulders. I'm got. I'm saying he's got an innie. Yeah, yeah. I kind of judge people that have Audi. What, what do you have? I have an innie. Okay, prove it. I, I'm just kidding. I don't look. Um, <laughs> I think he might use it to like squirrel away some protein powder or something. Yeah, protein powder. Be like, right. goddamn pal, I gotta lick my finger and put some powder in my on my tongue. <laughs> just sticks his finger in his belly button and then Right, yeah. That's full of IcoPro. I bet. Hey, it had to go somewhere. It you can't get, have that much IcoPro and then just throw it. You can't bury it in the desert like it's no. the fucking uh damn it, what's that video game? The Star Wars video game? The Goonies the Back to the Future video game. Oh, I don't know. I'm not familiar. There was a video game for Atari, maybe, and they sunk mm. like a shitload of money into it. And I think it was for Back to the Future, and it did not sell at all. And they just ended up burying it in a landfill somewhere in like Arizona. <laughs> like millions of copies of this video game. I could be wrong. Someone's going to be like, that guy's an idiot. Don't ever have him on your show again. <laughs> well, this is our age gap because to me, Atari's like Pong, and that's it. Yeah, no, there was more. I mean, I didn't play it, but I watched a docu. I watch a documentary on anything, so I watched a documentary on it. I think it was no, it was ET. It was there ET. We go. That just saved you a lot of fan mail, a lot of backlash. Oh, I would love fan mail <laughs> or uh, hate mail. I guess is what they call it. I'll take that. Any mail is good mail. It's like any any press is good press. Yeah, I that's debatable. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know where we go from Ico Pro and Vince McMahon's belly button, but we're talking about Ring of Honor here. Uh, Revenge of the Prophecy. Uh, would you, I guess, general thoughts? Because since you're kind of coming in cold, you're not really familiar with this era. What do you think of the show? I enjoyed it. There was a lot of it that was. There's a lot now. I put it out on Twitter a couple months ago. I was going to start Ring of Honor from day one, and then you were so yeah. kind to point me in the right direction. Uh, spoiler alert: the DVD I purchased is still sitting on my desk. I've yet to watch it. Um, yeah. But it sounded like there was a bunch. Like apparently, I missed the Insane Clown Posse. Um, they were they were in Ring of Honor before this show. Uh, were they? If they were, I just tuned it out. I don't remember. It might have been. Might be right after. Uh, like I saw Matt Stryker's name on the card, and I was like, "Oh shit, this fucking guy!" <laughs> and then I was pleasantly surprised when the Unibrow showed up. Um, oh yeah, of course. Uh, but I liked it. I liked, I liked it for what it was. Obviously, you know, I make my special K jokes. There were some fucking duds. Mm -hmm. Oh, we'll talk about There were some duds, but for the most part, uh, it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. This is is the first show of 2003 
And um, after watching all of 2002, you can definitely tell they're starting. <laughs> it took them a year, but they're starting to figure it out um, as far as like how to structure their shows. It's not perfect by any means, but they're, they're starting to kind of figure things out. Um, some storylines are starting to kind of unfold. You can kind of see which stars they're going to be going with in the future. But um, yeah, I agree with you on the whole. Uh, definitely an enjoyable show to watch. Cause a lot of the early Ring of Honor shows are kind of a chore to get through, honestly. But this one didn't really feel it's three hours, but it didn't necessarily feel like it, in my opinion. Um, although I feel like it kind of peaked in the middle. I don't know if you would agree or not. We had the four, the four way, and then there was mm-hmm. the, the 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 Carnage crew and uh, um, the Hit Squad. And then that, uh, that like, yeah, Joe and Danielson in there too. Yeah, and then uh, like the SATs and Ghost Shadow versus Divine Storm and, and Conan. So I'll say this actually: Do you think there were too many tag team matches on this show? <sighs> yeah, kind of. I, I get why, because I guess you got to get everybody on the card, and I guess you're kind of, you know, they seem to really try and put it over on commentary. Like we have a lot of new faces on the show. Mm. Um, but yeah, there was a lot. The fucking scramble match I could have done without. Yeah. Uh, the shit at the beginning of the show uh, with Special K I could have done without. <laughs> I mean, I I know the whole thing was about the prophecy and Steve Carino and Daniels mm-hmm. and AJ and Xavier and Loki and, and everybody, but. Fuck man, I it's was, a lot. I was I did not enjoy any special K ever. I've never enjoyed special K. They're they have their place. Uh, they're they're entertaining enough in scramble matches in certain ways, but this one's kind of a different deal. They're later in the show, but we'll get to that. Um, but this whole show is kind of building towards their one year anniversary show, which is the next month, which uh, special K is in the main event. And in the, the main event of that show is a 10 on seven scramble match, which sounds like a disaster. Uh, I had Mac on monster Mac on my last ROH show. And he was a part of that. He said it was a disaster. Like I literally messaged him. I was like, Hey man, you want to come on an ROH review show? And he was like, as long as it's not one year anniversary, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> like, well now I'm definitely going to need you on that show. But, um, but yeah, yeah. The scramble thing it's like they fine-tune it after a while but it's it's definitely a process but the uh so the show opens up with steve carino and you kind of alluded to this and this is actually a um a recap of their last show so steve carino he announces that he's building a faction that does not have a name because in his words um i can't remember exactly how he phrased it but you know names of like factions having names that's so sports entertainment this is real wrestling we just are a group of people or whatever um so the first member of this stable is simply luscious who uh was formerly a member of the prophecy group but she left uh daniels and now is with carino um gary, gary michael capetta is there he's like it's, it's like he's presenting like steve carino announcing his faction which is a weird deal but um and then it goes cuts to this show or actually it cuts to a uh, like a week or two after it's during a high impact TV taping because they used to have a TV show, I guess, in local Philly. Who knew? Um, but apparently Daniels is there. Um, so Carino and Daniels, they meet up in a locker room. Uh, Daniels announces that his he has a new member of the prophecy 
Allison Danger, who is the sister of Steve Carino. So Daniels has taken Carino's sister and has made her a part of the prophecy. So just kind of the early stages of this faction warfare, I guess. Were you were you into this at all or did this leave you like kind of wanting more? No, I kind of get a kick out of when uh when there's like a backstage thing and everybody's just like like let's go we're gonna walk through and confront these people yeah. um, because I am I didn't watch Ring of Honor at this time uh, I was kind I kind of like the pairing I like Xavier with Daniels yeah uh, bringing in uh, Allison Danger as a nice uh, nice nice wrinkle in the fold uh, especially because Carino took Simply Luscious who lives up to her name I had to Google her after I saw her. To see what else she, I had to see what else she did. Apparently, she did something in TNA for like a hot minute. But uh, mm. I, I like this. I like the idea that this is this is where we're going. Joe being like uh, part of Carino's little mm-hmm. little stable, and I was a huge Steve Carino fan in ECW. I really enjoyed his time there. T- so uh, I like this from Go just to to kind of see uh, where this was heading. Yeah, because at this point, the prophecy has all the championships. You have Xavier. As the world champion, you got uh, Daniels and Donovan Morgan as the tag team champions. And then you have Steve Carino. Like you said, he has Simply Luscious along with Samoa Joe. And they're out to take all of those championships. So it's a simple story, but uh, it's a good one, I think. Especially, you know, getting Samoa Joe factored into a main storyline. Can't go wrong. Yeah, and like you said before, it seems like they're figuring things out. So to... Right. To involve these guys, you know, as we approach our one year uh, show did not seem like a bad idea. Yeah, for sure. Um, but then after that, we have a, <laughs> I briefly mentioned this. Yeah, Special K coming out to kick off the show. Uh, I don't know if you could tell by watching this, but uh, they do love their drugs. Um, you could tell because they're all, you know, walking silly, right? As you do when you take drugs. Um, so they're all high and laughing their way to the ring and, uh, they're like, I forget that they're all interchangeable in my eyes, but one of them's like, gets on the mic. He's like, Oh, so glad to be here in Buffalo, but they're in fucking, uh, Pittsburgh. He does it like three times. He does a different city each time. The crowd is uh pretty underwhelmed by all of this. Uh, and, but this brings out the hit squad and SAT to uh, beat down all these special cares. Uh, SAT gives one of them the Spanish fly. You have, uh, I think it's Moff gives one of them a burning hammer. Then you have Mac giving uh, another one a, uh, a Mike Awesome style powerbomb over the top rope to the outside. But Slugger, their big uh, bodyguard fella, catches them to save them. And uh, so special case scurries to the back. And uh, this is a uh, basically building to their match at the next show. Um, so, yeah, a lot going on there. Weird start to the show, but it's a start to the show. I mean, look, when I go to a wrestling show, I was like, man, I hope they open the show with a dance party. <laughs> oh, I, I forgot to bring up their dancing. Thank you. Thank you. That would be fucking awesome. That'd yeah. be an instant way for me to think, God damn it. Why did I just waste my money on this? <laughs> Yeah, the crowd was definitely confused watching all of this, but um, I guess that's the idea. Um, but then it cuts to a Paul London promo, basically uh, noting that it's the first ROH show in Pittsburgh, which uh, I'm just glad they're out of that Murphy Rec Center. I don't know if you've seen any of those shows, but it's their original 
Philly kind of basketball court kind of, I guess this isn't that different, but it's at least a change of scenery for them. Um, and Paul London mentions that there's now a top five ranking system. Do you have any recollection of this? I don't remember this hanging around too long. I didn't, but boy, did they hammer it home during this show. They did. Bro, the commentary was atrocious, too. Dude, it's always terrible. It, it's, it used to be because Steve Carino actually used to be on commentary. I, I think I was watching when Steve Carino was on commentary. It was it was exhausting to listen to. And it's <laughs> gotten because they just didn't want any dead air. It was that they were running out of breath talking. And it's a little more subdued now, but it's still very much like, like you said, they hammer so many things home. Like, oh, this isn't sports entertainment. This is real te- te- technical wrestling. Uh, this is it's a sport. We're not doing any of that soap opera stuff. Like, we get it, dude. Just just let it happen in front of we can, we can I see it. Well, well, I'll say my piece on the sports entertainment later as we get into the show. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Well, no, there's a spot where it's Joe and Danielson, and they're like, this is pro wrestling, this is sports entertainment. And I was like, ah, the irony, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> the irony. Got the biggest sports entertainer right in front of you within a matter of years. Did you um, did you skip over the, the wonderful cat fight that we got? Yes. So the first match <laughs> is, uh, <laughs> yeah, what? So we had, it was Danger, Allison Danger, Simply Luscious. It was like before the show. I guess they were like setting up for the show. They're just it was like, super weird. It just seemed like she was just in a hallway and then she was coming out of the gym. And there yeah. were like fans around. It was the fucking weirdest thing I've ever seen. Because <laughs> the, the fans is the best part because they're all looking on. You would think, you know, oh, they got two women fighting in front of them. They're all going to be like, oh, yeah, cat fight, cat fight. But they're like, get the floor, you silly goose. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I can see what they were going for, but it's like, all right, you already hammered. We, we got prophecy versus Steve Carino. We got it. You don't need to really, you know, further that with this. But I appreciate the attempt, I guess, because uh, that's what women were there for in 2002 is for cat fights. So, yeah, that did happen. Thank you for making me sure I didn't skip over that. Hey, look, you can't remember to forget. Exactly. That's what they always say. Um. But now we got some match striker versus Chad Collier, our opening match. Match striker with a Y. So no fans. That is not the uh, the teacher. What was his nickname? Was it just the teacher? Might as well have been. Big Daddy V's manager. Not that match striker. It is a uh basically like kind of a beefed up Roderick Strong, I guess. With a unibrow. Was he the one with the unibrow? Yeah, the unibrow was strong. It was powerful. It was a powerful unibrow. Um, so it's Matt Stryker versus Chad Collier. If you just glance at it, you, you might think it's Dean Malenko versus Roderick Strong. But um, it's, uh, you know, it's an opening match. It was honestly more fun than I thought it would be. It's, you know, it didn't stay too long. It was uh, very chain wrestle heavy because that's kind of what they're trying to hammer home. Like we mentioned is the uh, the technical aspect of pro wrestling. So but towards the end, it kind of picked up uh, ultimately. Uh, Chad Collier wins with a pop-up powerbomb followed by a Texas Cloverleaf for the win. So Chad Collier wins. Uh, crowd was into it. And yeah, like I said, it, it hooked me more than I thought it would. No, I'm in the same boat. I really enjoyed this. I First of all, I thought it was that Matt Stryker. So when this guy came out, I was like, yeah. <laughs> all right. right, not that guy. Uh, I will say love, love early 2000s independent wrestling. 
uh, when everyone's entrance song is Drowning Pool or Power Man 5000. Because <laughs> right. that's fucking awesome. Yes. A little Limp biscuit in there. Yeah, why not? But the match, I thought the match was a great, great way to... They didn't do anything, like, mind-blowing, but it got the crowd into it. People were into it. A great wrestling match. And, and uh, yeah, I super enjoyed it. And the, and the commentary team put over, you know, maybe they'll be welcome back. Maybe. Maybe. Big, big on the whole, like, I guess they were, you watched the first year, they were doing a thing where you had to, like, earn your spot on the roster. Oh, yeah. Colt Cabana and CM Punk had a match where the winner got uh, a plane ticket to the next show. Yeah, I think they talked about that more in the next match than they did the actual CM Punk Michael Shane match. Right. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I like that, too, because Ring of Honor has kind of established itself as a uh, kind of a home base for independent talent in the United States and really all over the world, so... I do like that aspect of it, too. But yeah, so after that, we get a little CM Punk promo. Man, what a throwback. Watching old school CM Punk is always a trip. Um, But he's basically recapping. So in Punk's first match in Ring of Honor a few months ago, he lost his debut match to Michael Shane. um, And he lost and Michael Shane held the ropes. It was a whole, you know, cheeky heel victory. And Punk's like... uh, yeah, I've won some matches since then, but I haven't been able to get over that initial loss and how I lost. I haven't been able to sleep at night. My dick doesn't work. You know, the, the whole usual kind of promo you hear from CM Punk. Um, so he's basically looking for redemption and in his match with Michael Shane here tonight. So uh, do you know who Michael Shane's cousin is? I do not. Oh, do you not? I do not. It's Shawn Michaels. Ah, see, I thought that because Michael Shane had like a cup of coffee at TNA, didn't he? Yeah, he's actually there for a decent amount of time, uh, like in their early years. But uh, that's that's his gimmick. He's he's Shawn Michaels cousin. He does a lot of his moves. That's basically it. That's Michael Shane, everybody. It's a pretty shitty gimmick. You, you would think so. Yeah, Oh, I would know. So that's <laughs> I, hate Shawn. I fucking hate Shawn. I'm a Bret Hart guy, so I hate Shawn Michaels. Oh, OK. You, so you hate Shawn? You can't. I hate just, him. It's just ingrained in my blood. There's nothing I can do about it. I don't care if he found Jesus and he's a better person now. Right. He's turning into a cyclops and he's a piece <laughs> of shit. He's turning. So he's having. He has one eye now. Have so, you seen the eye? Look, most like Dixie Carter, her eyes are trying to go away from each other. Uh huh. Right. But Shawn Michaels, they're trying to go together. I see. So they're they're going towards. I see. Yeah, and it's gonna morph into one. And then maybe that's why I cut his hair, and he's got that weird haircut. To take to take the focus off his Cyclops? I don't know, man. He's still a piece of shit, though. I don't care what anyone <laughs> says. Well, when you put it that way, it's hard to argue great, with it. Look, great in the ring. I still think he's a piece of shit. Shitty hair, stupid eye. Stupid cowboy hats, stupid cowboy boots, stupid cowboy. Do you not like cowboys either? No, he's not my cowboy. Adam Page is my cowboy. Man. And really have old, cowboy. School, old school cowboy Bret Hart. Old school cowboy Bret Hart. Oh, was that uh, Smoky Mountain, Bret Hart? No, that was like fucking way before he <laughs> was Stampede. in the Hart Foundation. Stampede? I don't know. No, I think it was in between. I think it was he was leaving Stampede, and they wanted to bring him into the WWF as Cowboy Bret Hart. Wait, no. Handsome Dove. Handsome Dove? Is that the Lonesome Dove. Lonesome Handsome Dove. Lonesome a, Dove. Handsome Dove sounds asshole. like a uh, Buff Bagwell <laughs> thing. <laughs> it probably is. Without researching it, I'm pretty confident. That that's what was, he, what was he doing? He was doing. He buff Bagwell. He does a lot of things. Yeah, he was doing what? Angels something? Angels. I couldn't. I, I couldn't tell you. He'd show up and be your date. You could literally say anything, and I'd be like, "Yeah, it's Buff Bagwell. <laughs> that sounds about right." 
Uh, poor, speak- poor Buff. Poor Buff just had his first Christmas without Judy. Oh, God. <laughs> poor Judy. Rest yeah. in peace. The forklift is now empty. That's it. Who are we going to put on the forklift? What am I going to do? Who am I going to build forklifts for now? It's just a stupid ass forklift with nothing on it now. But uh, speaking of forklifts, we got Michael Shane versus CM Punk. And uh, another pretty decent match. Michael Shane is generally like, okay, it's fine. But it's never nothing really outside of his matches with Paul London that he had in the first year of Ring of Honor, which that really is attributed to Paul London, honestly. Um, and he did some good stuff in TNA, but in general, Michael Shane's kind of like whatever, uh, especially in Ring of Honor at this time. I feel like he's very you can tell he's very like uh, WWE kind of style, for lack of a better term. Um, but I guess CM Punk is in a way, too, which we would see eventually. Um, but the match itself, it's pretty back and forth in the beginning. Uh, Punk goes for a cross body off the top rope and Michael Shane catches him with a gut buster. And that pretty much gives him control for like the majority of this match. But uh, Punk fights back with a shining wizard for two, a spine buster for two. Uh, Michael Shane does a sunset flip over the top rope to try to pin Punk while holding the ropes. And that's how he won their first match. But this time the ref sees it. And he kicks out the hands of Michael Shane off the ropes. Uh, Punk's able to shift into a pin for another two counts. Uh, so at this point, the match kind of kicks into high gear. Michael Shane hits a sweet chin music, you know, for his old cuz. Uh, doesn't get him the win there. But uh, ultimately, they, they're like trading pins and submissions. Uh, but Punk is able to roll Michael Shane up into like a, like a jackknife pin of some sort. Gets the win. And uh, so Punk avenges his loss to Michael Shane from a few months ago. Uh, Punk also beat Colt Cabana at the last show. So Punk has some momentum here and uh, it's only upward for Mr. Cookie Monster Punk. So it's trying it's trying to get in that top five. <laughs> the fave five. The third fuck. They talked. Look, there's a couple things here. First, I love yep. like young CM Punk. Like it's great to see this and then watch him progress uh, right. and become what he becomes. There was a point where Michael Shane is blowing kisses at girls outside Right, and they wanted nothing to do with them, uh, with him. And then the comment, one of the commentators, it's creepy McFucking Creeperson, is like, "Oh, they're pretty hot." And I was like, "What is going on here?" <laughs> well, that's um, Chris Chris Lovey, aka Gabe Sapolsky, on commentary. He's he's the worst. He's actually the worst. <laughs> oh, I know. He was one of the first guests we ever had on the podcast, and I had like everything that he was going to promote, and he literally just did the interview himself and mm. promoted everything. And I was like, what the fucking purpose of us having you on? Never change, Gabe. Never change. Awful. Awful commentary. But Punk's going to the top five. Well, that's all that matters, really. It was, again, I'm with you. Two back-to-back solid matches to start the show. Um, you know, Punk was a little sloppy at points in this. But again, mm-hmm. you see him become, you know, maybe the best in the world. I don't know. Uh, mm. He is yet to steal Kenta's go to sleep, so you know, not yet. Whatever. Not yet. He's it's just coming though. Just stole Triple H's pedigree. Didn't do it in this match, but he does. Pedigree is a great move, especially when you do it from the top rope. Hell yeah! Yeah, just fuck your knees, right? Hey, what? You only wrestle once, twice. I don't know. Your career is going to be short. You only wrestle once or twice. Yeah, fuck it. Fuck your knees up. Who cares? That's that's the best kind of career. Get in, get out. That's right. 
then you mm-hmm. have this weird legacy, like the dirt bike kid. Oh, is that a person? That's a, He had like a handful of matches in like Germany at the beginning of the 2000s, and it was like people were really into him. And then like he just disappeared from wrestling. Like he was apparently a real piece of shit. Uh, mm-hmm. and people didn't like him, but he put on these amazing matches, and then he was gone. Just took his dirt bike and drove home into the sunset. I don't know if he necessarily had a dirt bike. He wore the gear. If you call yourself the dirt bike kid and you don't ride a dirt bike, you're just an asshole. I mean, the Shawn Michaels heartbreak kid, was he? did he literally break hearts? Sounds like he broke your heart, man. No. See, I would never in love with Shawn Michaels. That sounds like somebody who is in love with Shawn Michaels. That's exactly no, no. what they would say. I got man love for Bret Hart. and It's half a Hulk face. I'm all in. But Shawn Michaels... I feel like Shawn Michaels is a better fuck, though, than Bret Hart. I don't know. That's what Bret Hart was known for being, a womanizer. Uh, although he is technically sound, so that probably carries over into other facets of his life. So Yeah. Let's, what I, we'll ask Sonny about them sunny days. She had both of them. Oh, yeah. You said you will ask her? Well, I can ask her. Can you ask her for me? I'm going to need will. to know that. She, was part, she called in on our 10th anniversary show. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah she's do, congrats she's on that, very, by the way. Thank you. She's doing very well. That's good. She's in a good place. Is she still doing pictures uh, with fans in bed? Uh, no. You know, did I ever tell you that story? I don't think so. We were at a convention with her, and mm-hmm. she was going to give us free pictures in bed, and me and Tony went up to the hotel room, and we had to wait in the hallway, uh, and it was me and Tony, who I do the podcast with, and mm-hmm. uh, like two German dudes, and after like 10 minutes, I was like, bro, we got to go. This is, <laughs> this is weird. I-, I love her. The brownies she gave us were delicious. We got to go. This is fucking weird. Oh, you already got the brownies, so. She baked us some. They were delicious, delightful. Uh, now I think she's doing OnlyFans, and she's doing really well at it. I bet. Oh, I bet, too. That That's her retirement right there. Men, a lot of wrestling fans are fucking ghouls, so I get it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've seen the pictures. People wrapping their hands around Becky Lynch. It's weird, right? It is weird. I would never. But you know what else is weird? BJ Whitmer. Versus Paul London versus Homicide versus Colt Cabana. Yeah. I th- on paper, I did not expect uh, what we got. Yeah. And I and I was surprised to hear that this was BJ, BJ Whitmer's debut, knowing his long legacy in Ring of Honor. Yeah. Yeah, it's been, it's been a while since I've watched BJ Whitmer wrestle, but I was pleasantly surprised, especially considering this very early on in his career. I think he probably stuck out in this match more than anybody else. Although, I mean, everybody got a decent amount of spotlight, which I think I thought was great. Um, but yeah, four corner survival match with these four gents. And uh, it's either this match or the Joe Danielson match, probably match of the night for me. And this, this become a theme. I feel like with ring of honor, they would always have like a four way three way kind of deal. Usually like to open the show and it would steal the show off. And I thought this was the case here. Um, any spots in particular stick out to you in this match? Uh, the, the finish I thought was awesome. Oh yeah. Dude. Uh, with the German and then the shooting star. Yeah. Um, Paul London throws a beautiful drop kick. Oh yeah. Yeah. Beautiful drop kick. A little moonsault uh, and drop I think, kick. Yeah. And I, I think just the story that they were telling with Cole Cabana and homicide, I, I do know that they went on to have a pretty, extreme feud in uh ring of honor yeah um you know how colt would like 
pretend he would like move like he was going to tag in homicide and then go all the way across the ring and tag in London or BJ Whitmore when he was working over uh, the other guy. Mm-hmm. Um, man, they really, the, the fucking dives to the outside. It was just, it was, bom- it was awesome on pay again on paper. You're like, all right, let's see how this goes. But man, they all fucking, they threw all that shit on the wall and it all stuck. It was awesome. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's kind of, you might not think it when you see these names, but they're all really new to the audience. Um, well, like decently new because Cole Cabana, this is like his third match in Ring of Honor. Homicide, he just broke out from his tag team. Paul London is probably the biggest name at this point. And then, like we said, this is BJ Whitmer's debut match for Ring of Honor. But um, yeah, like you said, the dives to the outside, like there was a spot where Homicide, he did his like flipping tope, flipping suicide dive. And then you have... Um, like in the ring, Paul London and Colt Cabana are going at it. Paul goes for a kick to the gut. Colt catches his foot and then throws him into a moonsault yeah. over the top rope onto Homicide. Um, and then you have Colt Cabana, which I didn't expect this at all. Does maybe one of the most beautiful Asai moonsaults I've ever seen. I don't even know. It was like a more of like a Phoenix kind of splash deal, but he got so much air. It was ridiculous. Um, so yeah, so many crazy dives in this match. You have the cop killer from Homicide on the Paul London. Dude, Paul London takes that like a champ. Holy I, shit. I don't know how this dude's still walking nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> Paul London's like, yeah, drop me on my neck. Who cares? Um, that the please don't die thing is a real thing with Paul London. But um, yeah, so then Colt, yeah, everybody's hitting their finisher towards the end. Colt hits the Colt 45 on the Homicide, but BJ breaks it up. And like you said, the finish was beautiful. I like came out of my seat because BJ Whitmer hits Colt Cabana with two dragon suplexes, kind of like in a, you know, Kurt Angle, Chris Benoit kind of style. He goes for a third. He hits it. Um, so he has the bridge on this dragon suplex. But then like out of frame, Paul London comes out with a shooting star press from the top rope out of nowhere, lands perfectly. And uh, that gives Paul London the win. Uh, pinning, I guess, Colt Cabana. So Paul London wins, and I believe he goes on to get a, uh, a world title shot the next show. So they're they're oh. all in with Paul London. Number one in the rankings. Yeah, he's, uh, yeah. Well, you know, the next show, I think he might have to work his way up. This might have brought him like three or two, um, but he's still fighting to get to that number one. I dig it. Yeah, the the, the way it was shot, that ending frame where you you don't see London and then you do and and it just yeah. all comes together is beautifully done. Yeah. No, it was amazing. Um, but yeah, great showing by all those guys. And uh how do you follow that? Well, with a little bit of murder. So we got the American Dragon, Brian Danielson versus Samoa Joe. Who doggy. This is uh first of all, Brian Danielson might have the worst fucking haircut I've ever seen. He's coming out of here <laughs> with uh, his fucking second grade picture day haircut. Um, every time I see him, man, I'm just like, because I'm watching all this stuff chronologically. I'm just like, man, can you just shave your head and put on maroon tights? Like, I don't know what this 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 WWE velocity Brian Danielson is, but I'm I've had I've had about enough of him. This was the this was the style in the early 2000s. Was he wearing his blue t- trunks or his white ones? I forget. He had blue on for this. Oh, thank God. Sometimes he wears white ones, and I'm like, nice. Brother, that's a lot of faith in your asshole. Hey, he, he, you know what? He, uh, maybe he's got his muffler stuffed. What? 
You don't know about the muffler? No, please tell me about the muffler. Daddy, but you got the you got you got to Google the YouTube video, Daddy. I'm I'm definitely not. John doing that. Nord, the bar the berserker, tells a story about Dusty Rhodes used to take toilet paper and wrap it around his finger and make uh-huh. like a like a it was almost like a a muffler, and then he would stuff it down the back of his trunks, so nothing would come out. How often was this a problem for him? Well, it fell out during a match once against John Nord. So John Nord tells the story about his, my muffler daddy, my muffler fell out. (laughs) Uh, Okay. You know? Yeah. If you just, honestly, if you put John Nord shoot interview into YouTube, it'll be the first fucking thing that comes up. Dusty's muffler. You know, I think your kind of uh, secondhand telling me of it is enough. (sighs) I can't do it any justice. Yeah. So that was a thing. Like, I guess back in the day. You can't just use like a tampon or something? You know, I don't know if they were available at the arena. I mean, you hear some of these horror stories of some of these places these guys were wrestling in. Did you know that tampons, there's like a gun that goes with it that you shoot up your twat? (laughs) Sorry, what? Right? You didn't know that either, right? Like I thought, so he said, I thought it was a tampon. You just just jammed it up there. Right. That's what the string is for. You pull, so you pull, it doesn't. Right, but apparently it. there's like a like a like a mechanism that shoots it up there. This is not something every lady has, right? Playtex Sport, that's how you do it. So, does your lady have one? Yes. I don't know if my. It's not like a. I mean, it's not like a. You know, psh, it's like right. A, no, I understand. It's like some kind of mechanism. I mean, I could get her in here and kind of. We're not going to do that. I'll, I'll, no, I'll, that seems a bit. Graphic. I'll inform you after. Um, I got to search. I'm going to go through the vanity in the bathroom now, see if my wife has some kind of weird mechanism. I also listen like 25% of the time. So I could, there could have been a something lost in translation. Um, I mean, it makes sense. She'll come home and I'll have a bunch of them in my fucking nose and my ears. I'll be like, <laughs> I found your gun. Got to get that muffler, daddy. Where's my dinner, bitch? <laughs> uh, that's yeah. Women, right? I guess. Um, I don't know. My, <laughs> My wife hasn't murdered me yet, so I'm doing something right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Trust me. She could if she wanted to. Hey. Yeah, she could. But um, speaking of murder, the aforementioned murder of uh, American Dragon and Samoa Joe, uh, this match is pretty much what you would expect, especially from uh, 2003 versions of these guys. Really hard hitting. I mean, this is like, as strong style as strong style gets at some points. Um, lots of stiff slaps and chops and kicks from both guys. Uh, at one point, so <laughs> Joe suplexes. So Joe's on the apron. Danielson's in the ring. Samoa Joe suplexes Danielson from the inside of the ring onto the floor. The basketball floor. No padding. Just tailbone first. You hear the smack. It's like, God damn it. Um... But fights out of it somehow. Uh, well, like he gets to a chair that's ringside. So you have like the little, the gimmicky steel barricades that are ringside, and you have a chair in the corner. Uh, Danielson sits on it, but Joe gives him a brutal face wash. And this, just the way the barricade like exploded behind him <laughs> was an amazing visual, um, and just shows how worthless those steel barricades are. But um, we'll get more on that later. But. The fucking Carnage Crew match, but um, but yeah, they get back in the ring. They continue to chop the shit out of each other. Joe's definitely portrayed as like the monster here. 
and he's going to be winning the world title soon. So I see why. Um, but ultimately, uh, Brian, he's trying to fight back. He's hitting him with some roaring elbows, hits two of them, goes for a third. But Joe evades and hits one of the stiffest knee strikes I've ever seen in my life onto Danielson and then uh, follows it up with a uh, island driver. And that gives Samoa Joe the win. So a uh, brutal match, but a fun one to watch for sure. Absolutely. They beat the dog shit out of each other. There was a spot where Joe was chopping Danielson to the corner, and the first one looked like it missed his chest and hit him in the face. And mm-hmm. Danielson like stumbles into the corner like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. And then that knee at the end, holy shit, right on the temple. Look, I don't know if it was it was shoot or what, but I thought he was dead. Yeah. And I like they told a nice little story, Danielson working the leg, you know, and I was really happy because the way they hammered it in at the beginning of the show with the prophecy and the Steve Carino's group, like I was like, mm-hmm. oh, fucking Carino better not, there better not be no bullshit involved in this match. And thankfully there wasn't. Good, yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of the prophecies deal is that they're kind of the sports entertainment kind of faction so that they'll opt to do like interference and stuff like that. And like ideally, I guess in my head, at least Carino is kind of like trying to be the opposite of that. So that kind of plays into that as well. But yeah, fun match and a good little victory for Steve Carino's group. I don't know where that puts them on the uh, top five. I don't know if there's like a, a separate faction top five or if there's like. Who knows? But they, they, they talked about the top five during yeah. this match and the last match and the punk match. Well, that's what everybody's striving to do. Trying to get to that uh, top five. Strive for five, baby. That's what they say. I still I got to look. I got to look into this top five thing. Uh, I'm, I'm curious to how long it lasts. They also have like the number one contenders trophy that everybody's fighting for. And uh, there's a lot of trophies. So <sighs> trophies. I don't know. How I feel about tro- I feel like trophies break too easily. Yeah, like the first tag team titles in Ring of Honor was one trophy. So you like you were the tag team champions, and you got a little shitty trophy with like a bowler on it. That was Moff and Mac, right? No, that was uh, the Prophecy. Oh, okay. Who are still champions at this point? Oh, sorry, Spoiler but they have alert. they have belts now. I don't think that the Hit Squad ever wins the titles. Actually, I mean that's what Mac told me. So unless he, it, got it was, you know what, it wasn't the Hit Squad. It's Moff and Whitmer. Oh, okay. It's easy to get those two confused. Yeah, I forget. I don't know. Whatever. I'll we'll forget down. by the time we get there. We'll so go down a fucking score. huge rat because I we know Moff and Mac very closely. So yeah, for sure. Go down a huge rabbit hole. I'd rather go down a rabbit hole about uh, Conan because he's in this next match for whatever reason. Uh, so we got a six man tag team match. We have the team of SAT. And Ghost Shadow versus Divine Storm and Conan. And they're uh, accompanied by Trinity, because why not? Um, to Conan, out here in, uh, in 2002, he's wearing his classic attire, his, his uh, what was it, like a wrestling singlet with tassels? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty good stuff. Kind of a, uh, he's not doing his bowdy, bowdy, rowdy, rowdy or whatever. He's... He's, uh, according to commentary, looking to get back to his Lucha Libre roots. Um, And that's pretty much the story of the match. I mean, it's a six-man tag, so you basically have three pairs of guys 
taking turns, like doing kind of the fast pace, Lucha Libre kind of chain wrestling with a little little high flying in there, although it's a little rough at some points. Um, I do like because we mentioned how Ring of Ring of Honor is kind of kind of trying to start to figure stuff out as far as like structuring their shows. And I like how they're kind of trying to differentiate each match from each other. So whereas in this match, you had the Lucha Libre, the previous match, you had strong style and you have like a hardcore match later. So I do like that aspect of it. Um, but while on paper, that's good and execution, it kind of <laughs> starts to blend together a little bit. Like it just kind of feels like a scramble match at some points, but, uh, ultimately you get Conan in there. Once the match kind of breaks down towards the end, Conan's, you know, hitting choke slams and suplexes on everybody. You got lots of planches to the outside by SAT and ghost shadow and Trinity even gets involved with a moonsault onto a pile of bodies. Uh, you got Ghost Shadow hitting the Muscle Buster on Quiet Storm, which I guess Samoa Joe hasn't taken that move yet. Um, but ultimately, Conan hits a Death Valley Driver onto Ghost Shadow, followed by a Tequila Sunrise for the tap out. So Conan, Chris Devine, and Quiet Storm get the win here. But the crowd seemed like they wanted SAT to win. So they were kind of booing Conan at the, at the end of it. But um, yeah, I enjoyed it for what it was, but I didn't really... Uh, I probably will forget it in two weeks. <laughs> well, I think that's the problem with a lot of these early Ring of Honor shows. Like you forget there's yeah. a there's a lot of uh a lot of shit in the bag and you kinda have to sift through it to find the good stuff. I didn't hate this uh all that much. Uh the the ghost shadow was greener than goose shit. Yeah. Uh, and you could tell. But it was Conan looked good, uh and it was fun. I kind of enjoyed it for what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was a showcase for Conan at the end of the day. Um, and the crowd, SAT is super over. I mean, if you look at the roster of Ring of Honor at this point, it's probably like Paul London, SAT, like Loki's up there too. So SAT's their their Spanish fly. I mean, that was like kind of what the Canadian destroyer became in TNA. It was like the move that everybody right. comes to see and um and that they just made a return to wrestling too. Yes. So shout out to them. Yeah, Joel Maxwell and uh Joel Maximo. <laughs> you Jose. Some, there we go. There we go. Show some goddamn respect to Jose. <laughs> Sorry, Jose, if you're listening or if you ever hear this. I like how commentary uh, taught us how to differentiate the two from, a, from each other. Do you remember? Again, commentary, not my favorite thing. Well, yeah, 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 you know how you tell the Maximos from each other. Well, Joel is just a little bit heavier. That's, uh, that's my Chris Love impression. Do you, uh, th- he was, um, who was, so Gabe was under his alter, who was the other one under their alter ego? I, I don't know, actually. Fuck. It's going to come to me at some point during this. Well, whenever it comes, just let me know. That's what she said. A semen. So we got the next match. <laughs> actually, good, uh, pretty good segue. Uh, well, not really, but it's a weapons tag team match. So we got the Carnage crew, DeVito and Loke versus the Hit Squad, Mafia and Monster Mac. Who? So uh, we actually got my two previous guests uh, fighting here against each other. And uh, it's a it's a hardcore match. I mean, it's kind of what you would imagine. You got bacon pans, 
steel pipes, bull ropes, ladders. Uh, at one point, I think like right in the beginning, one of them like rips up a piece of the barricade ringside and uh, Moff goes for a suicide dive. And I think it's DeVito. He's holding up this <laughs> steel barricade and Moff just like runs right into it and it destroys it. Um, but yeah, lots of. Uh... Let me ask you this. Do you think Ring of Honor did hardcore matches better than ECW did? Uh, better? I don't on on average. I don't know because every New Jack match was a hardcore match, right? Probably. Look, yeah. th- th- I I enjoyed this. Yeah, uh, it was a very very much an ECW style brawl. I don't know, man. I was so into ECW, and then as you get further into the ECW uh, lineage, and and they just some of it was just bad living it living in it it was great but going back and watching mm-hmm. it, you're like oh my god another fucking new jack match god <laughs> damn it this is gonna be a fucking nightmare well i've lost i've watched a lot of ian and axel rotten matches recently so that's kind of where my mind's at is just watching okay. those two jamokes uh walk after each other with barbed wire chairs so uh the height of ecw of course you can't beat that as far as hardcore wrestling goes i but, mean uh, you know you look at it through a through a through a time machine you know there was that shit wasn't happening look you want to go watch a bunch of japanese death matches that's you want to talk about stalling yeah (laughs) holy shit and i I was like all i fucking could not get enough the cactus death matches alligator death Mm -hmm. matches piranha death matches alligator death matches that's yeah it was essentially like uh like your uh fucking fish tank in the middle of the ring and there was just like a baby alligator in it and then everyone would try and stick someone's head in it. That's pretty cool, actually. They should bring that. Yeah, back. but it just like it just on paper, I'm sure it sounded great, but visually, you could just tell like it's like Kyle, just hold my head, and I'll pretend that I'm trying to get pushed away from the alligator, and you pretend to push me down. I mean, have they ever done one of those matches with like a land animal, like a uh, like I don't know, like a uh, like a like a lion? In the middle of the ring, you have to like throw your opponent in a lion cage. Uh, there was the lion's den match, mm. but no actual lions. I think you could do if you got a bunch of angry cats and you put them in a room with somebody, that would be interesting. Like just domestic cats. Yeah, like you know, you get suplexed and then you like a fucking cat just jumps on your face and tries to eat you. Right. But then you have like a kennel from hell type scenario where the cats are just shitting and not attacking you. So. I mean, I think cats are more. If you find the right angry cats, I mean, yeah, you like know, a, like dogs a are a little cat. hard. You know, cats don't like to be bothered. So if you put them in a small space and you get near them, they're just gonna fucking swipe at you. Yeah. Well, hey, that's that's money left on the table for any any wrestling promotion listening. Ah, it's twenty twenty one, man. The nothing to hurt any animals can't be done. But can animals hurt humans? Yes, it's okay. So there's a way to figure that out. I think. Right. No one's wrestling bears anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> Can only do that so many times in a in a lifetime. So I think I think Ring of Honor used the ECW uh, palette, mm-hmm. and maybe they improved on it because you get you know later the Raven CM Punk stuff is good, Karino uh, Homicide stuff is really good. There's some really right. good brawls there. So um, better, I don't know. Improved might be a better. 
I think because the way, because Ring of Honor has so much stuff surrounding the hardcore that I think those hardcore matches stick out more. So maybe that's an aspect of it that was a little bit better. But like you said, it's kind of an iterative, like they, they're learning from ECW. It's a lot of the, I mean, it's a Philly promotion. So obviously there's a lot of overlap, but um, right. I think HC Look himself was in ECW. I think Tavito so might have been Tevito. too. Yeah, yeah. So the Baldies. The Baldies. Who who could forget the Baldies? I didn't. Angel Tony Devito. Wasn't uh was just incredible in that? No, he was in the just another bald guy. He was doing that thing with Jack Victory and uh I think Jazz might have been hanging around. Mm, that sounds about right. The tail end of ECW is rough. <laughs> it's rough. Well, speaking of rough, can I tell you my favorite part of this match? What, is it when the ladder breaks? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Mac, man. He's look. He it didn't. It could have been worse, I guess. But he he's going for like the Shawn Michaels splash off the ladder. Yeah, <laughs> he's about to jump. It just the rung caves under his feet, and uh, I think he kind of still landed on him, so it wasn't that terrible. But it just. This is one of those things when you see it, I like just cackle to myself, but um, made it out all right. And uh, they continue to beat on each other with all these various weapons. The ring looks like it got hit with a fucking tornado. Um, Moff pulls out a table from under, under the ring, the, the smallest fucking table that's ever existed in time. Like, yeah, I think it's Mac in the ring. He like puts it in the corner and it's like up to his like <laughs> under his nipple. He's like. What the hell? Um, but they made it work. And uh, ultimately, actually before that, uh, Hit Squad, they put the remnants of a ladder that's been used as a weapon over the necks of DeVito and Loke. And they do like a concerto kind of deal, which looked brutal. Definitely an awesome visual, if nothing else. Um, but then they set up this WLC table. They uh, they put Loke or they put DeVito onto the table that's set up and they do like a Dudley boys style power bomb off the second rope. They hit the power bomb on Loke through DeVito who's laying on the table and uh, that gives the hit squad the win. So it's kind of a, a blow off to a feud that's lasted uh, a few months and uh, it's kind of a callback to how it started. So it was, it was, a, it was a street fight, but uh, they did pretty much as good as you could do under these circumstances. Yeah, like I said, I jo- I enjoyed it. It was like an ECW like brawl, uh, lots of weapons everywhere, um, and it kind of fit in the show, right? Yeah, yeah. So I was good with it. And anytime I get to see the Hit Squad wrestle, uh, I'm all about it. Dude, they're so fun to watch. I, I wish they would have had a uh, a longer run, but right. It is what it is. Right. I was fucking. Su- I was super disappointed that Ring of Honor brought Moth back. Uh, before the pandemic and didn't bring back Mac and reform the hit squad. Although Moff and Jeff Cobb as a tag team uh, was pretty fucking sick. I can dig that. I don't hate that at all. Not like this next match. Well, I fucking hated this. I hated everything (laughs) about this up until this point. I'm like, okay, there's been some moments where I've been like, oh man, if I'm really going to go back and watch all this ring of honor stuff, I might need to, you know, maybe self-medicate with a couple beverages because uh, some of this stuff is not terrible, but it's like, when do I get to Joe and Kenta? I have to right. s- slog through this. And then this hunk of shit shows up on my doorstep. 
And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Without looking at your notes, how many people can you name that were in this match? None. <laughs> uh, no, I'll take that back. Deranged. That's it. Right. Not not uh, not Diablo Santiago. No. The Outcast Killers. So we got. So it's a scramble tag team match. I guess it's eight on or it's four on four. Uh, we got the Outcast Killers with a Z. Uh, which is the team of Diablo Santiago and Omen Tortuga and the Ring Crew Express, which is a team of Dunn and Marcos. That collective four versus Special K. Of course, we got Angel Dust, Deranged, Hydro, and Yayo, of course, accompanied by Lit and Slugger. That's a lot of <laughs> fucking 2002 independent wrestler names. I don't. So let me ask you. I work in a restaurant, so I kind of know Spanish, right? Uh Diablo Santiago means devil Santiago. Omen Tartuga means like the slow turtle. What do we do? What are these are terrible Spanish names? Is that what Omen means? Slow? Tartuga means slow. Right. Like turtle, like a tortoise. Omen, Omen turtle. So not all, not all turtles are slow. Are you a turtleologist? Yeah. All right. Tell me about the turtle. Well, the South Puerto Rican land turtles actually reaches the speed of no. But yeah, Omen Tortuga. Is that a real thing? South Puerto Rican turtle? Yeah, don't look it up. Why? Um, I want to. You're going to look up the muffler. I'm not. It's not. There's no pictures. It's just a funny story. South Puerto Rican. That seems racist, but whatever. Turtle. (laughs) I don't know which Google search is more likely to give you asshole pictures but um do you want me to put asshole in the search yeah i might as well if anyone ever finds my search history (laughs) that's a hard one to explain um but speaking about assholes we got a few of them in this match so uh but like i said this this match here is kind of an enhancement match for special k and it's used to kind of showcase them in uh in the build to their 10 on 7 scramble match at the one year anniversary show. Um, See, so like you said, it's showcasing the special K guys. So they all get their little chance to do their finisher. Uh, Slugger gets in at one point and just destroys everybody with choke slams. Slugger. What a terrible name. It took him so long to tell us what his name is, because from like the very beginning, this guy was like in the crowd and then he would like interject in between matches and like destroy who's ever in the ring. But nobody ever like mentioned who he was. It was just, he was described as a big black uh, Rastafarian looking fellow in so one of the first shows. Name. I'm a baseball fan and I want to beat up many baseball mascots and the Kansas City Royals mascot. His name is Slugger. It's a tiger or a lion. I don't know. He's a douche. <laughs> but that's <laughs> all I think some- about is just fucking. I hear Slugger. I think this fucking furry idiot in a Royals uniform is going to be running around outside. There. I think I would prefer that. Would you? It would have been more entertaining. But he has a cool accent. He's like, oh, I'm the big bad slugger. Yeah, but if like a man in a mascot costume catches some special K folks and saves them, that's that's entertaining. Hey, maybe that's the next show. Maybe that's what we're building towards. Oh, man. If Slugger from the Kansas City Royals was ever in Ring of Honor, my if mind that happens, is blown. I will literally shit my pants. I mean, apparently, happens. Insane Clown Posse was there. So really, there's no restrictions. To what's possible. I gotta, I gotta look up this insane clown posse thing. It's I feel like it's not worth your time. I, I just gotta know if they were there. 
They were everywhere else, right? I'm a juggalo. I was I was literally about to ask if you were a juggalo. Oh, they had a match against Omen Tartuga and Diablo Santiago. Oh hell man. It all comes together. Look at that shit. Holy guacamole. Ah, because they're Spanish, right? I don't know. Oh, the t- the Tartugas? Yeah. The Tortugas, yeah. I think yeah, that's the same Holy shit. Well, look at that. All right. Well, now, see, look at that. We're learning something new every day. All right. So back to this fucking disaster that I paid very little attention to. Well, we got Slugger in there. Slugging everybody, some may say. How? Um, why is he allowed to be in there? He's not a legal... Because fuck you, Matt, okay? Wow. That seems a bit aggressive. Well, you know, he's the big bad slugger, so he does whatever he wants. It's a, uh, I believe they, they, because it's a scramble match, so the the rules are very loose. What is fucking Rick Knox the referee? Just letting people do whatever they yeah. want? Well, it's like, it's like uh, Freebird style, but you can change within the match. Makes sense, right? Yeah. Might as well. They're all interchangeable. Um, you got Angel Dust in there. He hits a one-winged angel, which... I didn't realize till I just said it. That that's his name. So that's kind of fun. Um, Hydro, a.k.a. Jay Lethal, hits like a weird reverse rolling Death Valley something. On I forgot somebody. that's what his name was when he was in Special Kai. That's pretty cool, right? Who would have guessed that he would have been like a Mount Rushmore type of guy in Ring of Honor? Um, Hydro. Hydro and they got Yayo. Yayo do anything exciting? Oh yeah, he did a little uh like a brain buster DDT, like a uh what's what's Moxley's move? The uh paradigm shift. Oh. Kind of similar to that. Um so these guys they're they're showing out. They're really hitting some devastating moves. Oh, and they have deranged uh hitting a code red, which apparently according to the commentary, deranged invented it. Which uh commentary wouldn't Chris Lovey and Rick Morrow or whatever the other guy's name is, they wouldn't lie to me. So, and apparently, because Mac told me that uh, fucking uh, Quiet Storm invented the Canadian Destroyer. So, it's a lot of guys that were in the indies that invented moves that don't get the props. But, uh, so give your respect to Deranged, is what I'm saying here. I thought it was Amazing Red. And you know what? It might as well have been. Um, but, ultimately, Slugger gets back in. Because I guess he's in the match now. He, he hits the body bag. On to Marcos, which is kind of like a big ending kind of deal. And uh, Hydro makes the pin. And he pins them as <laughs> uh, Slugger puts one of them on his shoulders. And they're all like posing around him as Hydro's pinning them. So it's a fun little deal here. Special K. I thought it was a uh, a neat little showcase. What about you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I wasn't really into it. I wasn't Who's- into it. I was like, there's too much going on. I've already seen these guys uh, at the beginning of the show. I just wasn't into it. I, there was I had to pee. I had to get some Reese's peanut butter cups. There was a lot going on, and this was the time I felt like I needed to do it. Man, what a life! Just peeing and Reese's peanut butter cups, just kind of running what you watch in wrestling, I guess. Look, I had to pick a spot, man. I know the main event was coming up. There is a pause um, button, dude. You're, what are you not there? Think? What do you think? I got to fucking pause. Come on, man. You got you got to absorb all of the special K. I just don't think there was a story to the match. To your point, I know we're going to the anniversary show. We're going to highlight special K. It was just all moves and nothing else, really. It was not kind of what I had seen up until this point. 
A lot of baggy pants and headbands in this match. It's the fucking early 2000s, man. Did they come out to the fucking offspring? I didn't even notice. They probably did. I mean, whenever I created a wrestler when I was a kid, they probably looked like kind of an amalgamation of all these guys. So, um, Now, did you ever rock the baggy pants? Not super baggy. I think I kind of missed that phase. Um, I, I did wear the pants that uh, unzipped into shorts. Um but I can never really figure out how to like, if I like unzipped them, I couldn't figure out how to zip them back on. Cause I was young and stupid. That's a zipper dude. Yeah. But it's like off and you got to like hold yeah, it on. It's there. like your jacket. When you got to zip your jacket up, you just line it's, them up. It's harder than that. It's not, I'm not the brightest person in the world. And I can figure that out. Well, you know, but no, I did not have baggy pants. All right. Good. Did you have baggy pants? No, I did not have baggy pants. I don't believe you. No, I was like fucking 22. How old, what's this, 2003 math? I was like 23, 22. I wasn't wearing yeah. baggy pants. Well, you're at the height. That's his, uh, his, uh, what's, what's his name? Fucking Run DMC. That's the only guy with baggy pants that I could think of on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> well, because he watched like WWF from like the 2000, 2001. Everybody's out there in these like parachute jeans. Yeah, they were the thing, I guess. I, I wasn't into them. All right, well, I guess you weren't the cool kid, I guess. I was definitely not cool. I was fucking working at Applebee's. Leave me alone. I do like Applebee's, actually. So Now, back then, no. Everything went in the microwave. The Applebee's I worked in. Oh, well. <laughs> so well done, steak. Put it in the microwave for five minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah, But <laughs> it's, it's a neighborhood bar and grill, so that's really... That's where I met Virgil. Really? Yep, he was in the for some ungodly reason. He was at the mall signing autographs, and he traded. I traded him a basket of onion peels for a picture with him. That is the most Virgil story I've ever heard in my life. I feel like he seems like a guy that was born in an Applebee's. He may well have been. He is the definition of a carny. Did you see his cameo thing? No, I did not. He has a cameo, and the first video he did, his balls were purposely showing through his his shorts. Yeah, so people would talk about it. I mean, he's, he's, a, he's, he's a great marketer, if nothing else. How were his balls? Uh, wrinkly and black. I, yeah, I mean, I figured the color, but um, sometimes, though, you get, you know, they don't match up. Yeah, no, it wasn't enough. Them. It was just enough. It looked like a piece of gum. What? <laughs> but it was just enough coming out yeah. of his, like, his fucking Olive Garden outfit or whatever weird fucking place he works at. Well, well good for Virgil, man. Glad, glad to see he's still hanging heavy. Yeah, you should do a watch along with him. He'd probably charge a million dollars, but. If I could somehow give him some onion rings, mail it to him or something. Peels. Oh, that's all right. Oh, right, because onion doesn't come in a ring. Not your cut of onions. Yeah, it does. You peel an onion. It comes off as a ring. Yeah, but they're not all the same size. Like when you get a bag of onion rings at the supermarket. Well, I'm not getting a uniform size bag of onion rings. They're all kind of different size and shapes. Some are like ovals. I prefer an awesome blossom. I do. I, I do like an awesome blossom or a uh, fuck. What is Outback's called? A blooming onion. Blooming onion. I'm a big blooming onion guy. It's the same fucking thing. It's very different. So we have, uh, you know, they have a machine that makes those. Like that you could buy. Yeah. Man, it, it you literally just take the onion, you put it in the machine, and then you push down, and it just cuts it that way. Uh huh. The hardest part is throwing it in the fryer. That just seems like a lot of hullabaloo to where I could just like 
get some onion rings, put them in the oven. That's it. Like you get an air can... fryer. Air fryer is the way to go. I have an air fryer. I do. I you do. Put some onion rings in the air fryer. I can't think of a lot of scenarios where I'm like, you know what? I, I, could, I could do for a good blooming onion right now. Like, yeah. All right. I'm with you on that. Yeah, I mean, now I want one because we're talking about it. Dude, let's. I'm, I'm going to order one after. I haven't had a blooming onion in a while. All right. Man. DoorDash that shit. You can't leave the house. You might have COVID. Yeah. Yeah. So get old Wanda deliver me a blooming onion. Oh, um, you have like the same DoorDash driver every time? Good for you. Yeah, he's my guy. That's how relationships are built. Hey, there's, you know, kind of joking, but th- there are like sometimes the same person comes. And it's oh, like, I know. Man, I get him at the like restaurant a, all the time. A bag of shit. Um, this was not a bag of shit. This next. <laughs> Well, we got to talk about this promo first. Oh, so fucking Loki's voice is the creepiest shit ever. He's the thing nightmares are made of. It's not about the size of the fighter. It's about the size of my cock in your mouth. That's too, uh, too much face there, though. You need a beanie that covers half your face. Yeah, what? So and uh, fuck, and cock oh sucker. My, what'd you do, cock motherfucker? So the cord is back here. All right, here All right. we go. Here we go. Um, it's a good thing this isn't a video thing. God, I feel like I'm having a fucking... What are you, Michael J. Fox? <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's dude. A, it's a special K. Like, the cord's all, like, cup, and so it's, like, rebounding, it's pulling it. My asshole's open. It's a whole thing. Wow. All right. Oh, the video to that is amazing. You need to... Look at that asshole. Oh, my God. <laughs> I see. There you go. That's YouTube traffic right there. Oh, yeah. Come on the YouTube. YouTube.com slash apron bump podcast. I think that's what it is. I think it's just apron bump. You gotta go to my OnlyFans for that kind of content, though. Oh yeah, is Loki there? Please have Loki Loki doing the voiceover. Yeah, you got Loki with a, a beanie over his eyes. Uh, you have AJ Styles chewing what seems to be seven pieces of gum at once. Um, AJ has his beanie. They both have their beanies yeah, like covering their it, eyes. It was cold in Pittsburgh in January. They're inside. Still cold. What if, what if the building doesn't have good heat? What if someone left the back door open because the guy's got to go out back and they got to do their steroids or smoke a cigarette and they got to leave the door open because it locks automatically? Oh, that seems like a very specific scenario that you just laid out for me. Well, I just assume it. You know, the door locks automatically. So and okay. the wrestlers. So yeah, they all smoke cigarettes, right? Or do steroids? Yeah. And Vince McMahon's belly button. Two th- early 2000s, people are still doing steroids. Hey, he had, uh, what's his face? Chad Collier was looking pretty beefy. So was, uh, what's his dick? Matt Stryker. What's Mike Stryker? Matt Stryker. Yeah, Mike Stryker. Like Matt Stryker is his name. Matt with Stryker is his name. Not the guy from Impact who says, our sport a million times. <laughs> Do you not like Matt Stryker? On commentary? No, I think he's fucking awful. And Lucha Underground, he's great. Yeah, I thought he did an okay job in the WWE too, but on yeah. Impact, he con- if you did a shot every time he said, this is our sport, you would be dead <laughs> in less than two hours. And I thought D'Lo Brown might elevate him a little more, but uh, doesn't seem like that's the case. You can't stop him from saying our sport. Well, it is our sport after all. Yeah, we get it, Matt Stryker. It's our sport. He said it Look. fucking 40 times in the opening. Do you just hate that he cried over Josh Alexander getting his title taken away in front of his kid? No, that didn't bother me. That's that his, his me role. He should be upset about that. Moose is a jerk. Yeah, I guess. Moose is not as big a jerk as Matt Cardona, but he's a jerk. Okay, well, that's fair. 
Um, but we don't have Matt Cardona here. You know who Thank we do God. have? <laughs> yeah, he's kind of a dildo, isn't he? Yeah, um, but credit where credit's due. Great way to reinvent himself. He's such a lovable heel. He's, I don't know if lovable is the word, but. Uh, sure, I'd love to hate him. Yeah. Didn't he just like hit Chelsea Green in the head with a chair on impact or something? Yes. That was pretty fun. Yeah. Big fan of that. Um, not that I want women to get hit, but um, Chelsea Green kind of. Uh, but this main event here, no holds barred tag team match. It's not no disqualification, according to commentary. It's no holds barred. So you can get disqualified, but there's barring of holds is not here. So uh, we got AJ Styles and Loki versus The Prophecy, the team of Christopher Daniels and Xavier. Uh, this is not a title, a tag team title match. I don't know if Donovan Morgan is still with the company or what he's doing, but uh, he's not here for whatever reason. And then they got Alice in Danger along with them with the prophecy. So we got the ROH champion and Xavier. And then Christopher Daniels is not only one half of the ROH tag team champions, but he is the Frontier Wrestling Alliance British heavyweight champion. It's a mouthful. It is. And uh, but he's he has two belts. Looks pretty cool. Um, but yeah, this match, so I was watching this match, right? And I was having a tough time getting engaged in it. And I think that's because there's been so many tag team <laughs> matches on this card. It was like, it all just started to blend together. It wasn't a bad match by any means, but it didn't really stick with me personally. What about you? Uh, it took for me, the story throughout the whole show, obviously is this prophecy against Steve Carino's unnamed group. Um, I was a little bummed we didn't get any Steve Carino. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the point. match itself, though, took a little while to, to get going. But I think the the ending, uh, they kind of picked up the pace the last 10 minutes or so. Uh, I did not like the finish. Why is that? Um, and this is a bone of contention with me uh, with Ring of Honor now, too, because I think it happened at the final battle pay-per-view. Uh, I don't understand how you could. I mean, to be fair, my problem was it was a you're tied up in the ropes. It's not. How is that legal? It's no holds barred, Matthew. Well, why don't they just fish hook and eye gouge if there's no holds barred? Because they're not as good as wrestlers as you. I never said I was good. But Great. you would have done that. Great. You're smartest. Yeah, I, don't know. I just didn't like that. I thought the finish was I know he's the champion and there's a story there. I just I don't know. Yeah. I would I, I liked it. I would have liked it better if it was in the middle of the ring. Uh, submission type of deal. Yeah, and it's interesting because at this point, Xavier is the champion, and I wasn't like a part of the internet wrestling community at this point, but apparently the internet does not like Xavier as champion because he's very like WWE. He's very sports entertaining in a lot of ways. He just kind of has that look and style about him. And I guess the fans don't really want that in a champion, but I think that kind of plays into the story of the prophecy, so it makes you want him to get beat for it. So I, right. I think that's fine. Yeah. Um, that's this, this the, he's a heel, right? He, you got to yeah. boom. So, right. Exactly. Um, but yeah, it, like, like you said, the match kind of takes a little bit to kick in, but towards the end, uh, low key and Xavier are fighting in the, on the outside, uh, low key catapults Xavier into the ring post. And this is a callback. So Xavier, or, uh, low key was the first ROH champion and Xavier beat him for it. And the way Xavier beat him for the title was uh, he took a concrete slab with a steel post, 
that was ringside, put it on Loki's chest, and then hit it with a steel chair. Oh, yeah. So Loki replicates that here, does the exact same thing to Xavier, um, but uh, so lays him out in the aisle way with that. Uh, but back in the ring, or I guess in the ringside area, Daniel sets up a table on the floor. He tries to give the angel's wings to AJ Styles off the apron through the table, but AJ counters and ends up hitting a Styles clash off the apron onto Daniels through the table, which looks beautiful. Um, Xavier's somehow managed to crawl his way back into the ring. He's like leaning through the second and third rope. He's like reaching out to Daniels. And like you said, this is at this point where Loki locks in a dragon sleeper while Xavier is tied up in the ropes. And I guess the way they make sense of it is no holds barred, so it's legal. So Xavier taps out. And maybe it's a way to kind of keep Xavier strong because he didn't really lose in a real way, maybe. But uh, so Loki gets the win here, kind of avenges his loss to Xavier. Uh, AJ and Xavier have had some scuffles in the past few shows, too. So this kind of felt like a blow off for uh, AJ and Loki to kind of tie the knot or tie the loop on uh, their deals with Xavier. But uh, yeah, like we said, you know, anything else on that match? No, I, I, uh, there was obviously uh, Daniel's accidentally hitting Alice in danger. You know, we'll see how that mm-hmm. plays out going forward. Um, I thought the styles clash through the table was fucking bonkers. Yeah. Um, you know, dangerous move to begin with. And, and I know a couple of years ago we saw when AJ went back to Ring of Honor, he had hurt a couple of people. Ronnie mm-hmm. Strong was one of them because uh, people just didn't. And then here you see him jumping off the fucking apron through a table. It was crazy. Um, yeah. Like I said, like the last 10 minutes, it really starts to pick up. Uh, we The super close promo, Loki mentioned the concrete slab on his chest. So fast forward to this match, you know, it was only right that he got his uh, comeuppance on uh, Mr. Xavier. And uh, I thought it was a, a great match to end the show. Um, took a little, like I said, took a little while, but uh, great, great performance by all four guys and i really enjoyed this as uh as the main event uh not my favorite match of the show because i think that goes to the four-way and then joe and daniels or joe and uh mm-hmm. danielson yes one day daniel bryan one day one day i'll be able to say his name proper and then he'll daniel bryanson yeah, yeah he'll leave AEW and then go somewhere else and have a, a different name you'll go to impact and be danny impact or something oh danny impact like johnny Johnny Impact. Yes, exactly. Nice. That could be a thing. Be a but I enjoyed the show. I enjoyed the show a lot. And it's, it's, I think this is where you kind of start to see Ring of Honor coming to its own. Uh, as yeah. you mentioned with Joe and, and everybody, we're starting to see who the big players are. So I enjoyed this. And it was bittersweet because I was in Baltimore for Final Battle a couple weeks ago. Oh, yeah? Yes. How was that being there? Uh, it, it was, it was bittersweet. It, you right. could, you could tell. There was just, you know, the the atmosphere was electric, but at the same time there was this, this just sadness throughout, yeah, the arena. Do you think they'll come back? I think they will. I think they come back as a, like a super indie, like the way they started, like this was where mm-hmm. no one's under contract, and there people are coming and going. So I right. hope, I really do, because I thought, uh, um, you know, the last like two years Ring of Honor has been my favorite. Uh, hour of tv and i think they did a really good job telling stories and uh 
Yeah, it just sucks because I felt we so we had Vincent on right after, and I don't know if you're up on the Ring of Honor product, but the story they were telling was essentially going to lead to Jay Lethal joining his faction, and there was so many mm-hmm. layers to it, Gresham and and what they're doing down there. So it's just a bummer to see it not come to fruition, and now we have to wait and see until April. Yeah, yeah, I haven't really been super up to date with Ring of Honor in the past couple of years, but I keep kind of popping in and out see what's up but uh yeah i think hopefully maybe a refresh could be what's best for them it's the optimist in me hopefully they come back like you said with a different kind of approach to it maybe more akin to what we were seeing here in 2003 but um yeah it's it's cool to see gresham kind of like still defending the roh title uh i think he's defending it on impact's next pay-per-view yeah he's uh, defending it at impact he's defending it at game changer yeah uh, twice he, i think he's defending it against fucking too cool scorpio which is that's uh Nelly. There we go. She, Nelly's a big uh, Scorpio fan. She loves Scorpio. Love it. She heard about his huge. She, she heard about his huge dong in those Mick Foley books. Oh, is that true? The I Mick mean, Foley like, wrote about it, so it's got to be true. He's Santa yeah. Claus, you know. <laughs> Mick Santa Claus will not lie to you about a man's Johnson. So. Right, especially as big as Scorpios. What's bigger, uh, Scorpio's dick or Xavier's balls, or not Xavier? Virgil's balls. You know, I only got a sneak peek at Virgil's balls, so I'll have to do a little more digging. Well, you do that. Do a little homework. Get back to me. I will definitely get back to you. But overall, I I thought the show was fantastic. Uh, great way to kick off 2003 for Ring of Honor. Yeah. Um, like I said, I have the links now, so uh, I do want to go back and start watching this shit in chronological order, like you do. Yeah. Yeah. 2002 is definitely. Definitely some growing pains, but there's a lot of good stuff as well. Um, you know, like AJ, like Loki's initial title reign is fun. The stuff with the Briscoes is great, which I'm just realizing now they weren't on the show. Um, a lot of good stuff. But uh, if you ever need some recommendations, if you want to, like, avoid, like, Christopher Street Connection and stuff like that. And the Backseat Boys. But, hey, the Backseat Boys are great. I think they're mainly uh, CZW guys, but... uh. From what I've seen, I enjoy them. I'm a all or nothing on my end. I'm a I'm a psychopath, so <laughs> just another team with baggy pants, and as far as you see them. Bring it on, early two thousands. What do you got for me? <laughs> it's a time. Lots of limp biscuit. But uh once again, thank you for uh joining me on on the podcast. Talk a little old school ring of honor. Uh congrats once again, congrats on the ten years for Shining Wizard. Uh, where can everybody find you guys and listen to you guys? Uh, shiningwizards.com is the website. YouTube.com, uh, The Shining Wizards. We are live every Monday night at uh, about 6.45. You can watch uh, on YouTube and uh, Twitter and Facebook. Just YouTube is the best way to watch because we can read your uh, snarky-ass comments. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's fun. And uh, every Monday night. That's Hell yeah. Right. At Wizards Podcast on Twitter. If you want to follow us, yeah, or or don't, or don't. You know, whatever, don't you, whatever, whatever this you want to do. Ten years, I don't give a shit at this point. <laughs> you made it this far, right? It's more you can ask. This is a fucking excuse to get together with my friends and talk about wrestling and drink. So, yeah. Once in a while, the... we do meet Coopy. We had Sunny Kiss on last week, so that was fun. I still need to check that out. Was that a good time? Yeah, it was a great time. Hell yeah! So uh, that was cool. But yeah, check it out. I don't know if you like this show, you'll definitely like ours because we're a bunch of heathens yeah if you like stupid humor 
You'll love the yeah, Shining Wizards. A lot of burping, fart jokes, nonsensical bullshit. We talk about wrestling too sometimes. Farts are funny. Like, they just are, you know? Farts are always... I just watched the latest... Uh, I just started watching Letterkenny again, and I just watched the Fart Book episode. Fart Book, g- genius idea. Man, I... I just can't get in the letter, Kenny, man. I, I, I've i tried. It's it's funny when I like catch it on. It's like one of those shows that I think too many people have like told me to watch it. That I don't oh, watch you're, it, you're you one know? of those people, huh? Well, it's just like I feel like I, I like I'm expecting it to be great, you know? And it's OK. I get it. Canadians like I could do without them. Really? If, they, if, they, if they broke off of North America, I'd be like, whatever, you know? Interesting. So you're a Shawn Michaels guy is what you're saying. More of like a, uh, more of an Aldo Montoya guy. I mean, who who doesn't respect a man who puts underwear on his head and goes out in front of a live audience? Once again, thank you to Matthew from the Shining Wizards Wrestling Podcast. Great time as always with Matt. Uh, once again, check out the Shining Wizards Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, but also check them out live every Monday at seven. Eastern time, Eastern US on Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, all the usual suspects, all their info in the description below, as well as my info. Go to apronbump.com for all my full episodes. Check out the YouTube, give the videos likes, uh, subscribe to me, hit the notification bell, slap my ass, call me Sally. And uh, yeah, that's about all I got for you today. I don't know what that voice was. I don't know why that was my choice. Um, Fuck it. I'll leave it in. Uh, All right. By the way, it's not a gun. It's a uh, it's an applicator. I I asked uh, the softest part of the ring uh, after the fact. And uh, yeah, it's it's, it's an applicator, not a gun. So uh, I've never used one. So it still might be a gun for all I know. But um just wanted wanted to tie the loop on that uh so to speak Uh, thank you guys once again for listening smooches all around nipple twists for everyone i'm hard